0: Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health.
1: Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast. I'm here with Brian Statham, CEO of RX Benefits. Welcome. How
0: are you? Doing great, Steve. Good to meet you. Thanks for the opportunity to visit with you today. Where are you exactly? Somewhere in Alabama? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, Birmingham, Alabama. Yes.
1: How's the weather every time I go to Birmingham it's sunny and warm is that still true.
0: Well, today it's sunny and it's, it's freezing it's freezing 50 degrees outside okay. <laughs>
1: well, we've, got, we've got snow in Boston so we'll okay. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it again so um, it's great to have you on you know um, I, I like to see you know innovation on the pharmacy side so and talk about that but. Uh, I couldn't help noticing uh, that you've been the CEO of the company since 2005 so not 2015, 2005 so uh, obviously you've been there been there for some time and you've built up the company over a period of time. so I'd love to understand how you got to the company uh, what what was it that excited you uh, back in those early days and uh, and, and how that sort of uh, evolved into what you have built today Yeah no
0: absolutely Steve I'd love to share that with you. I think I'd like to start. You know, I graduated school in, in 91, moved directly into the healthcare space. You know, I was always working with self insured employers, brokers, really on the more comprehensive medical benefit, you know, dealing with medical pharmacy and stop loss for that self insured space. You know, but in the early 2000s, right before I joined Arts Benefits, I realized that pharmacy was becoming a bigger portion of the overall healthcare dollar, but was getting very little attention from, from employers. And it seemed to be a disconnect because I saw that benefit continuing to grow. So I had an opportunity to join ours Benefits. I was the third employee in 2005. And my goal there, Steve, was to put myself in a position where I could work with the brokers and the self-insured customers to really help them better manage the pharmacy benefit by carving it out. And this is a really key point much like most of the nation's largest employers were already doing. The majority of the Fortune 50 carved out. So I was trying to reconcile in my mind, if it's good for the Fortune 50, why is it not also good for the smaller end of the marketplace too? And that's what brought me to Orange Benefits.
1: Why, well, a couple questions. So you were the third employee, that that sort of implies that it had been founded by somebody else, is that
0: true? Yeah, the business actually started in 1995, obviously here in Birmingham, Alabama. you know, but it grew. It grew slowly. Started a relationship with Advanced PCS, which grew into CVS Caremark, um, and the business was started really to to help all small employers purchase more effectively, but also receive very strong service at the same time. And um, you know, the business had grown nicely, had about thirty thousand lives under management, but. You really wanted to take it more into a southeast footprint and into a national footprint, which is really what we've done over the past you know 20 plus years.
1: So you were working for a big company. I can't remember the name of it before this. Some the
0: uh, I was with you. I was with United Healthcare prior to, to joining ours.
1: So that's a big switch, right? Now it's got a lot more than three people. What uh, what prompted <laughs> that?
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's one one great thing about United Healthcare was it was um, I went to work for them directly out of school in 1991, and um, spent the majority of my career there. Um, and I but I learned a tremendous amount. Learned uh, about the health insurance space, stop loss, self insured employers, broker distribution. But frankly, I just saw an opportunity to take that experience and leverage it more specifically in a niche of the market that needed help. And these smaller self-insured employers um, were struggling with pharmacy costs. They were struggling with the management of the benefit, and I saw an opportunity to go in and help them better control trend, better control contracts, and better control service. Um, and that's what that's what really ultimately um, led me to leave um, that particular firm and join Arch Benefits.
1: All right, so you know. Tell me why it's better to carve out pharmacy. So when you say carve out, I think what you mean is the pharmacy is being provided uh, by a different organization than the health, than the health benefit, right? Is that really what that means? Yeah, it is. That's exactly what it means.
0: Yeah. There? What, what's what's the benefit? Absolutely. I think you know, most small employers struggle with the management and purchasing a pharmacy. And most, Try to give you a little bit of story to support it if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's a it's a pretty significant, you know, challenge for that self-insured employer or company. We like to call it kind of Joe's Pallet company, say with a thousand employees or so, to really strike that right balance between the number of needs and pharmacy plan savings. So if you step back and, and look at some recent studies, I think 85% of employers cited that rising drug costs was a large concern to them. And then two thirds of HR leaders stated that, you know, especially drug costs is their number one pharmacy benefit concern. And for them to find a solution is tough because the ecosystem is a pharmacy ecosystem is incredibly complicated. So negotiating the best arrangement definitely requires a tremendous amount of time, expertise, and I'm going to underscore this size and scale, which is generally beyond the reach of most employers and their benefit consultants. If you further kind of complicate that situation, you know the PBMs, three major PBMs are controlling eighty percent of the market: ESI, CVS, and Optum, and they're absolutely the eight hundred pound gorilla in the space. But but the challenge with that is they have huge advantages if you're able to tap into their scale because their entire model is built to serve Fortune hundred employers, large health plans, government entities, etc. So going back to the question, put bluntly. These small to mid-sized employers lack the purchasing power they need to effectively manage the pharmacy benefit on their own and get the right contract term, which are rates and rebates, as well as appropriate clinical management and as well as appropriate service. So they need to carve out, but they've got to find a different avenue to do it so they can take advantage of the scale of the big three and truly save dollars. One last example, Steve, if you don't mind, just to kind of make yeah. this real, to make this real for you. You know, companies purchasing through our model are saving on average 27% a year. So let's take Joe's Pallet Company with a thousand employees. All right. Based on our size and scale, we're going to purchase like a Fortune 10 employer. I've got over 2 million lives under management, two and a half billion in drugs done. So that company is going to buy with my scale. So that company, 1,000 employees, is spending a couple million dollars a year on pharmacy, or a million dollars a year on pharmacy, excuse me. It's going to save them $270,000 a year just by purchasing in scale. They're also going to save another 10% on clinical with 1% member disruption. That's another $100,000. That is real money to that mid-market small employer. There's a lot of advantages to carving out, so that's why they do it.
1: So what would they have otherwise bought, Brian? Would they have just bought, like, let's say they were self-insured? With 1,000 employees, sounds like it's probably likely to be self-insured by that point, right? So yeah, they agreed. would be buying through their TPA or through the, a local? How, how would they otherwise have done this? They would have just gotten one of the CVS ESI cards through their TPA?
0: There's two ways, Steve, that they would purchase. One is they would purchase either through a health plan would be, you know, the first you know, avenue they would go through. And their health plan may have contracted with a PBM or own a PBM. Um, And the challenge they face in that environment is again, that 1,000 life employer doesn't have scale to really negotiate effectively to get the best deal they can get because they don't have the drug spend and the volume to do that, nor the clinical attention needed to really manage their program clinically. And sometimes, you know, I hate to say it like this, but sometimes the service can be a little suspect as well. I'll I'll leave that at that. Um, So that would be one option through their health plan. The other option they have is to actually um, carve out the benefit, Um, but you really run into the same challenges there. You know, The challenge there is, again, you're going to one of the big three PBMs that control 80% of the market, or you're going to a smaller regional PBM that doesn't have the market share they have. But in either of those environments, they're still going to struggle because they lack the scale and size to effectively purchase. We bring a real different way for them to buy because we bring to them a scaled purchase through our model, plus we manage the service and we manage the uh, clinical on top of that.
1: So if you're, um, so would I be getting ESI, CVS, or Optum? Would I be getting a conglomeration of them? What, what do I get?
0: Yeah, let me, let me describe that if I could. And I think that gets into really what we've developed with our model, um, which, which is a PDO model. Yeah, I think what we've built is very different um, is that we operate independently of the pharmacy ecosystem. And we're we're aligned with the employer's goal to optimize the value of the self-insured company that they're going to derive from their pharmacy investment in three different ways. First, we're going to get them the best economic value they can possibly get to get them to the lowest net cost. Second is we're going to implement clinical programs that they're going to receive by implementing the right programs. that are going to maximize employee health. And third is we're going to deliver a service experience that, you know, frankly, they're not going to be able to gain elsewhere. And this then is going to lead to answer your very specific question about, so who do they get when they do business with us, Right. So first I wanna mention that we represent two million members plus close to 3 billion in drug spend. So it's gonna give us substantial purchasing power that's equal to that of a fortune 10 company, which is very attractive to the PBMs that we work with. All right. So they're willing to compete for our business through our marketplace, which is what we've established. The marketplace also provides a a fast way for the consultant to conduct a market check and a one-stop shop for them to compare multiple offers. But here's the key to what we've built that's made us so different and truly a category of one as a pharmacy benefit optimizer, is that the RX benefits platforms connects directly with the nation's three largest PBMs. Our systems ingest and analyze claims data in real time. And that unique connectivity allows us to deliver a comprehensive set of client-aligned services that are completely independent of the PBM, yet we're still able to leverage their scale and their market share and bring it down to the employers that we serve. And that's how we're able to garner that 27% in savings yeah, yeah, and just contract and that 10% in savings on clinical with 1% member disruption.
1: That's great. So when you say clinical programs, essentially you're buying with the power of 2 million members which is a lot i mean that's a lot of people i mean it's a, that that's that's going to give you a lot of leverage to to get the right pricing but i what was interesting to me is the clinical programs and the service experience which is we both know in healthcare is often uh, subpar or not there at all i'm curious when you talk to a customer is which which of the 3 do they
0: grab hold of first, obviously the money, but after that, I guess maybe. <laughs> that's a good one. The money's always important, right? Yeah. yeah I, let me tell you this, but just, I think I'll express it this way. I think it's always important, number one, just to level set with every customer and help them understand how they're going to purchase differently by purchasing through us and what that scale means to them. Um, and that 27%, again, is is a, is a big number. And that's our average savings you know, during 2020. Um, and that's just contract savings. But the equally important to the contract contract savings are the clinical savings. And, you know, that 10% is real dollars to Joe's Palette Company at $100,000 a year. And there's this common misconception in the industry that in order to get to that 10% in savings, they're going to disrupt 50% of the employees. It's just not true. It's 1% member disruption to get to that 10% in clinical savings. So it's really, the way I'd answer your question specifically is in order to effectively manage the pharmacy benefit as a self-insured employer, you've got to manage all three elements together. You've got to get the best price, you have to get the right clinical management, and you've got to be able to deliver a service experience where the members aren't lined up at the HR's door complaining about the clinical programs implemented, creating too much disruption, or the service being subpar that then goes back to the broker and creates challenges there. So I would say they're all equally important to the management of the benefit. Service, price, and clinical. And is
1: the clinical around authorizations
0: or is it around outreach? What what exactly are you doing on the clinical side? It's around all of the above. You know, we we made a decision See here, probably in 2015, that we needed to have greater levels of independence in the marketplace associated not just with the price and contracts that we offer, but also with the clinical management. We needed to be an independent advocate, like we are for price with clinical. So we worked with the PBMs in our marketplace to actually take over many of the clinical initiatives and programs, like prior authorization services, are performed by our firm. Uh, we do, um, we review the formulary for low clinical value medications. Um, we also do um, high dollar claim reviews that are typically not done on, uh, you know, some drugs don't have a, a prior authorization. It can be a brand name claim that's $1,000 or $3,000 and it doesn't get authorized. We authorize those. But I think the best way to describe to you what we do is maybe to give you an example. Does that work, Steve? Yeah, 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 of course. Okay. So, you know, I'll give you an example. And this is another, this case, I think had a couple thousand employees in it. Um, we, we, our clinical pharmacy team stopped the medication trying to flow through the system. The drug was called somatuline, which is an, an injectable drug that treats dwarfism, all right? This particular drug was being administered once a week or four times during the course of a month to the tune of $400,000 a year. This drug, this single drug represented about 35% of the plan's total cost. So you can imagine how the employer is looking at that. Completely necessary drug way. It was an appropriate approval, but it was being misdosed. And it should have been applied one time a month, not four times a month. And we're able to drop that to a $200,000 a month expense for the employer just by stopping an error in the system, eliminating that waste. That makes a difference in an, in, an, in an employer's spend and in an employer's trend without disrupting the member and without compromising the health of the member either. Are you
1: using algorithms to do this? Are you using people to do this? How you find-
0: people and, Yes, people and algorithms. We have direct, our marketplace provides us with direct connectivity and our PVM systems. So we're stopping the claims um, with edits. And then we're also doing uh, human intervention and studying the claim against the criteria uh, to make sure there are no issues with the claim and then reaching out to the physician. And again, this sounds highly disruptive, right, Steve? Sounds like a a little bit, right? But when you step away from it and you start to study the impact with 40, 50% of medications, uh, specialty medications kind of representing the majority of cost, you're talking about a very small portion of the population. And you're talking about waste you know, let's see your waste uh, elimination and therapy optimization. We're not talking about denying people of essential meds they need. We're trying to get the waste out of the system and it's expensive and there's a lot of it.
1: Yeah, there is. There is. The the pharmacy thing drives me crazy. Can you, uh, so so where do you think you go down the road? Same, same bundle of service and value uh, grow from 2 million to 10 million or something like that, or, you expand what you're doing in terms of services. What what do you think the business is headed?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think um, if I could make one final, Steve, is it okay to make one final comment? And go yeah, backwards? of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that sumatrine example, I just want to be clear that that member still was dosed. They were just dosed at one time a month versus four times a month, oh, yeah. which was yeah. which was an appropriate uh, medication. So, I just want to be sure I made that point and miss it. Okay. Yeah. Now, what was your question again, if you don't mind? No, I'm just
1: curious. So you've got it sounds like you've got some things going. You've got your your ability to negotiate pricing. You've got your clinical um, programs. You've got a better service experience. Are your is your is your expansion take those those sort of three benefits and grow from two million to 10 million? Um, or is or are there other services and 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 programs that you are thinking about expanding into.
0: Yeah, I think number one is we want to continue what we're doing, our core business, which mm-hmm. is which is helping um, that mid market employer gain access to a more affordable pharmacy benefit. So we're touching a very small portion of the of the total available market at this point, and it's hard to believe with two million lives. So we're going to continue to be pedal down on that, supporting our brokers and supporting their self-insured customers and employers. But we're going to continue to innovate on clinical, continue to look for areas of better waste elimination, therapy optimization, whatever the case may be. Um, One thing interesting about the pharmacy ecosystem is there's always um, a new opportunity, whether it's a a change in the way pharma is approaching a medication or a change in the way a health plan or a PBM may be operating. that you have to stay on top of. If you're truly gonna be an independent advocate for the employer, we have to continue to, to innovate in those areas to make sure we stay on top of and well ahead of the market. So that's the other area we'll, we'll continue to focus on. Um, but, but I'd say also, Steve, that we're, we're gonna continue focusing on hospital markets and third party administrators to continue to expand reach in those, I guess those more unique markets that don't, don't purchase like a standard commercial employer but have the same needs so we'll continue to expand in those markets as well
1: that's great so it's good to meet you thank you for spending time I, It's a really interesting business i like to see more service and more clinical value being put on the drugs the, the drug side of things um, so as the listeners start to think about wanting to get to know more about what you what you're doing do you you're blogging are you on twitter are you linkedin what where can they
0: find out about the company and about you well, first, Steve, I, first, I appreciate the opportunity to meet you and visit with you today. It's been, been fun to share our story and a bit about our business. And was people wanna learn more about us, I go to rxbenefits.com, you can absolutely find us there. You can also find us um, on Twitter at rxbenefits, as well as LinkedIn. So uh, we'd love to hear from anyone interested in learning more about us. Okay, well, great to meet you and thanks for your time. Yes, yeah, Steve, Pleasure meeting you too, thank you, okay? okay.